Hello, everyone. This is Jared Director, President of Columbia Omnicorp and Columbia Omni Studio. Welcome to Columbia Omni Live. This is where we will bring you the latest insider look into the fashion and color industry while we all reimagine this new world we live in. Enjoy this episode and don't forget to subscribe to stay up to date with future episodes. Also, give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to see what creative projects we are helping our customers with. Thank you very much and stay safe. So, uh, welcome everybody. Really pleased to have uh, a great uh, session, great panelists with us today to discuss the coronavirus and how it's affected our color management industry, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, How is it affecting our business? How is it affecting our daily uh, work? How is it affecting it on a a larger level? Um, How how do we see it affecting the retail business going forward? What's going to be the new uh, normal, if there is a normal, new abnormal maybe? Um, And so I have an esteemed group of, of people that um, I'll introduce to you right now. Uh, Ken Butts from Data Color. Ken, you like to say hi? Hi, everyone. Yeah, Ken Butts from Data Color. I'm the Global Key Account Team Director, working with uh, brand and retail apparel companies globally, primarily with the color offices where they're using digital color technology for sample measurement. Marielle? Hi, I'm Marielle Fiera. I oversee... Um, the color area for American Eagle Outfitters. I'm the senior color manager, and I've been with the company for 12 years on Tuesday. (laughs) Congrats. Yay. Kim? Hi, I'm Kimberly Shaw. Um, I'm the color manager at Tommy Hilfiger. I've been with the company about 15 years as well. I interned there, and I've been there ever since, so um, I've I've loved working with the company and being able to work with all the different teams and love working in color. Catherine? Um, Hi, I am Catherine Taylor and I'm the um, enterprise um, color development manager at L Brands Victoria's Secret. I've actually been with the company a little over 19 years in in different capacities, but I've been managing this role um, and color at the upfront, you know, portion of development liaisoning with design and and then at the back end as well, um, connecting those dots, um, probably since 2007. And I've been growing this area um, within the company, working with a great group of people, very smart, um, love it. Um, And yeah, that's that's me. (laughs) Thank you. Dory? Hi, I'm Dory Newman. I am AVP of Color for the Athena Retail Group. in case you haven't heard of Athena, it's all the Ann Taylor brands, Ann Taylor Loft, Blue and Gray. We also have Justice, Lane Bryant, Cacique, oh. um, Catherine's, um, and all the Ann Taylor outlet brands. Um, my role, I manage the color development, so the upfront, and also the production end for all of those brands. Um, so it's a lot, lot of, lot of people. Um, I have several teams, and I've been with the company. Well, I've been with Ann Taylor. I actually started my career there a couple years ago. Um, worked, worked there for uh, about six years, and then came back six years ago. Um, and I started off at Ann, and then once we were acquired by Asina, my scope um, expanded to all of the Asina brands. Well, congratulations on your promotion. Thank you. Okay. Did I catch everybody? Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm Mitch Cole. I'm with Columbia Omni. Uh, I've been there for about a uh, little over a year. I was with Pantone for 15 years. And um, that was right after my bar mitzvah. And um, I've known the, the panelists all for 10 plus years. I think I've probably known Kim for the longest. Mm-hmm. And I, I did um, mention that I've been at Data Color for 27 years. So. Actually, 28 yeah. years this year, so a long time. <laughs> that was before my bonus. <laughs> so um, uh, just uh, really just to open things up, just to talk about are we all working from home? And I think we are. It looks like we have homes in the, in the backdrop. So um, I'm supposing that we all are working from home. I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the, the, 
the question is, how's that going? Uh, is it going well? Is it going poorly? Or what, what, what is the experience out there? Uh, can you usually work from home? So let's, let's go to Marielle. So I'm going to be honest. It was quite the struggle the first three to four weeks trying to manage the, the working part and manage your children at the same time because it was all like dumped on you altogether. I think now we're in a much better place after we've, you know, kind of figured things out as we went. And um, right now I'm really enjoying working from home. Uh, you have a little bit more flexibility with your time management. So um, that's, that's probably helped us a lot. Sometimes, you know, it's late and we can talk to our overseas vendors at the same time. And you can take a break at four o'clock in the afternoon and then continue after you put the kids to bed. So it's kind of more flexible <laughs> for me, at least. <laughs> Trouble is drawing the line between work and home sometimes. Yeah. Right. Oh, I figured that out two weeks ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good. Good. Anybody else care to comment? Yeah. I'll comment. Yeah. Um, you know, I always thought that um, a colorist role would be a perfect work from home. I remember X-Rite had piloted these little light boxes that looked like an Easy Bake Oven. So I always thought it would be like so perfect to like, you know, have a closet and put your Easy Bake Oven light box in there and just review submits all day and then go and type all your comments. Um, of course, it never worked out because all of our companies wanted us in the office and looking at the submits and touching them and meeting with our designers um, in person. But now that we're actually from home and I don't have a light box in my house right now, my Ohio team did, were able to bring them home. Um, but since, you know, I'm, I'm in New Jersey, the office is in New York, um, I couldn't, you know, throw it in my backpack. Um, I'm reviewing everything digitally because now those teams are furloughed. Um, it's actually working. And it surprises me that on the computer, you know, I might have to turn my lights off and I don't have a, um, a calibrated monitor, but I can see the differences. Um, I loop in the other teams if, you know, I'm not 100% sure. But um, I think it's actually really amazing and like eye opening that this can actually work in a role that I thought I could never work from home. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll go into other things um, in the conversation, but, you know, silver lining for me has been that I can have dinner with my family because I'm not, you know, commuting home from New York and sitting on the bus for two hours. Um, we eat at our kitchen table, which is amazing. We have a table that we use. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine? So, you know, with our company, we have a couple of different brands. Um, color always seems to be the afterthought. It always is in, in mm -hmm. all of the companies. And I think we can all relate to that. But um, the big scramble getting everyone home, um, pretty much no one took anything. No light boxes go anywhere. Um, okay. No one's really calibrated to use digital software like Data Color, Chroma Share, except in our regional offices. They use them. In Columbus, in our Columbus office, they have a, um, a workstation there. But, but typically, we review everything visually and in the light box. So working from home became this, okay, so where are we in the calendar? You know, what are you doing um, at any given time um, in, in this juncture? And, and how do we shift and move around with that? Getting standards or chips into everyone's hands so that they can work effectively from home, noting that your lighting's not great at home designers, you know, keep that in mind. Um, but so it's been, it, it's been interesting, a challenge um, to say the least. We, we, we do have our regional partners who review color overseas. So we're thankful with that, but we do have a team who has set up a, um, a protocol for a portion of their team to review strike offs. And, and I'm not quite sure what that protocol is. I have to reach out to the, um, the team member but but they're going to try and control it that way and they might be it might only be specific product but um quite a challenge and scrambling to get things into people's hands and hoping that they can work effectively and oddly enough it's it seems to be okay people are reaching out to me for help to be the digital eyes for their physical color like you know we've got this in but we can't really judge it how do you see it maybe you can help us and, and to Dory's point, um, 
uh, monitor isn't calibrated, but you can see it relatively. You can read the numbers, see the curve, and make a decision, you know, to an extent. Um, so it's been interesting. I feel much more connected with everyone working from home oddly. Maybe too many more calls. I, I'm not sure, but um, and and to everyone's um, point, it's nice to sort of be able to get up and 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 monitor your day and flex in and out of of washing the dishes or cooking mm. for your kid or doing some grocery shopping or walking the dogs. Um, so it's been nice in the beginning. Not happy about this, really not. But as time went on, I told my sister the other day, I don't think I want to go back to the office. I work from home from home, mm. you know. But um, but it, it's interesting. It's really it's it's. It's a roller coaster for everyone um, in the company, you know, understanding how we're doing things, what we're doing, and, and um, in some instances, less emotion, which is good. You know, it's, it's sticking with the facts. So um, I think we're all, everyone is holding hands as best as possible in the company to do this. So Interesting. But, yeah. Cool. Kim, you want to talk about yeah, sure. So when I walked out of our office on March 13th, I was expecting to be going back to the office. We were going to be on a rotation schedule, and then that all changed over the weekend. So, you know, we in advance had already started getting some, some things setting up in anticipation of working from home, but I certainly didn't have all of the tools and everything I expected to have um, when I walked out of that office and haven't been able to walk back since. But um, we have been lucky that our Shanghai Regional Color Office reopened around the same time that we were closing. So what we've done is we've delegated all non-physical work to our other teams so that anything that we need eyes on and anything that we need digital readings from, which is <laughs> pretty much everything, they've been managing for us. So they'll send us their opinion along with the digital readings um, for everything. Because usually our design teams will look at, um, you know, prints and patterns. And so we have everything going through that team right now. Um, starting in April 15th, our, we're at a very skeleton crew. So we actually only have two designers currently working um, in our team right now. Everyone else is on furlough. So it has been easy in a way to have just a few people <laughs> to run decisions through. So we kind of have, you know, a few key decision makers. If we have to have something sent to somebody's home, we have, but really we've been relying um, on our, our team in, in Shanghai to, to look at us, give us physical opinions and, and make the best decisions we possibly can. It's definitely been a transition. We have a lot of mills that have been trying to force us to make decisions off of pictures. And so that we have not felt comfortable with. So getting everybody to send and, and working that way um, has been a challenge. But as everyone else is saying, you, you get used to it after a few weeks and it becomes the new norm and, and you kind of get everybody understanding how we've got to work. We've put together new operating procedures and just, you know, been trying to hold people's hands as best as possible. We've been having a lot of video calls, touch bases. Um, if anyone has any questions or concerns, just to, to keep up so that's how how we've currently been operating cool interesting and I'm, maybe not so much your job because that's maybe um similar but uh your clients to probably uh, ask you a lot of questions about how to how to handle things differently well and another thing with us is that um oh sorry i was just gonna say Okay. I've also, because we're so skeleton crew, I've been picking up additional jobs in addition to color right now. So I'm also helping with fabric. We're also, we're kind of an, an all hands on deck atmosphere where it's kind of, we're working to figure out what we can do to, to support each other um, with very lean teams as, as we go through this. So it's been, you know, an interesting transition of just trying to, you know, we might not have the answer, but we have to figure out how to find it. So that's, that's been the other way we've been operating. Hmm. Ken, you want to um, chime in? Sure. Um, I think everyone on, on this call anyway is familiar with digital color technology and is using it in some way. I think that's true for, for most of the, 
larger retail apparel companies, brand companies. And it's interesting that a, a lot of people have been, as several have mentioned, trying to utilize technology from home and finding it's successful. Um, it's interesting the number of customers we've had ask us for a demo license, for example, so that they could at least keep their job going. And I think it's an interesting opportunity to show those within organizations who perhaps aren't as interested in using color measurement that it can work. You know, if you can show that you can continue to make decisions based upon digital data. Now, granted, everyone wants to see the final physical sample, but this is a great chance to show how we can eliminate some of those early submissions that never needed to be submitted anyway. I think it's interesting. A couple have commented that you could still make uh, relative decisions on a, a monitor. Maybe you're using a laptop yeah. monitor. Yeah. I think that's something that's that's pretty amazing. And I'm hopeful that there will be some efficiencies that are gained within all these companies that are using color measurement that they can say, hey, let's get rid of some of these uh, preliminary rounds that we should never look at. Why, why waste someone's time when we've shown that we can look at it digitally and, and get this whole process moving a little faster? It's interesting. It's like, um, it seems like what the industry has been preaching really for the last 10 years, probably 20 years, um, is even more relevant today, right? Because mm -hmm. we've all been talking about, hey, stop looking at early submits if they're over a point, whatever, don't bother me. Um, so it, it's almost like the the, uh, the color management things that we've learned um, are maybe coming to roost a little bit more, but also becoming a little bit more prevalent and a little bit more relevant. Um, and maybe those are some of the things that, um, that stay with us after this uh, whole debacle. Catherine. Um, this is going to tie back to data color and to um, Ken's um, statement about using and everyone's about using uh, digital tools for for lab dip approvals, you know, approvals downstream. Um, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about that. Let's roll it back to the upfront that those those little devices that are handheld, they're digital, the one that data color has, which I haven't really pulled out of the box. Um, I, I feel like that <laughs> today, like in this day, and, and it's not a, a plug for data color. Sorry, Ken, but That's just fine. in general, given where we all are, there is opportunity go forward, mainly for design up front, to become a little bit more tuned in with like the digital aspect of color while they're home and they can't have the physical standard. Um, that device that, that y'all showed, the handheld colorimeter, it's not a spectrophotometer. It's not, it doesn't use um, spectral data, but, but it can help them too. And my kind of thinking and hope is, is go forward that that device and, and or Nix Pro start to you know, gain a little more traction to support and help designers with color. You know, and, and help them connect a little bit with the fact that, well, I can't get the standard in my hand or I can't really make a decision, but, oh, I have this little device. I can read it and I can sort of make a decision if I like it or not, or if I can let go of the, the fact that I need to see it in real life and make that decision. Um, I, I hope some of that technology that y'all did and, and Nix Pro did and there's a couple of other ones out there, Colorix, start to um, really, you know, rethink it. And, and hopefully that has some traction in our industry more so than what it is now. Mm. Even though it's not perfect, it's something It's a little more digital. It, 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 um, I'm a big proponent and a believer in that, you know, mm. um, while it's not perfect, it can help pinch hit and also take everyone when they work from home given more flexibility, especially if you have huge libraries um, and, and, you know, giving back a little bit more control that they want with, you know. Well, I think what you're, you're seeing is actually Pantone, uh, CSI, Colero, uh, Arcroma, yeah. uh, even YKK, A&E, all these companies that offer yeah. libraries of colors have devices of some type from someone. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's not that the devices aren't available. It's that, people who are making those visual selections have to try. And, and right. they, they, this is a perfect situation to say, hey, you're at home. 
uh, is you're looking around your house and you're inspired by some color in your own home, you can make a measurement of that. And this system will tell you what are the closest Pantone colors to that or what are the closest yeah. color colors. And then you could even go ahead and begin some lab dipping type process with that. There's just this disconnect mm-hmm. um, between the value of digital data and what I'm accustomed to doing aesthetically. And it doesn't mean that you're going to eliminate looking at color libraries and pulling out your Pantone books, but this, this can supplement that. And especially yeah. in situations like now, it can help you keep, keep the process moving forward. Exactly. Well put. You put it better than me, but <laughs> I, that's, that's my like, hope and wish for our industry to, and, and, and for color. It'll help us move color and the aspect of color in our businesses just a little bit more forward, make it a little bit more modern, a little bit more flexible and on the go. Um, you know, so um, I know we're, we're rethinking all of that again during this time. And, and I'm encouraged that maybe, maybe we will proceed forward with devices like that, you know, um, but, but agreed. So. So one of my questions was going to be, you know, how do you, because this panel is mostly made of, of, of larger companies, you know, how do we get, how do we get that digital um, management um, to the to the smaller and to the medium sized companies that are not familiar with this? And and maybe can you um, you answered it um, you know with, with some less expensive instruments, uh, Catherine. Also, um, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that question aside. What what do you think are some of the most um, difficult things of your normal? Um, color flow work process that you cannot achieve right now or having difficulty achieving now? Mario? I think um, getting your design team, because, you know, in the office, you can just walk over to them, make a decision and be done. Here, you don't know what all the meetings they're having. So it's taking a little bit more time. Not that it's not being achieved. It's just taking a little bit longer to get the results. Mm. You have to set up a WebEx. There has to be 15 people on the call because now nobody wants to make a decision themselves. So all of that kind of um, creates it and makes it a little bit more difficult to get those decisions that might have been just a two-sentence conversation before. Now there has to be a little bit more involvement because everybody needs to make sure that whatever is being approved, everybody agrees on. And everybody's in a different place. So that's what I see from us. Yeah. Makes sense. Dory? Um, I'm actually having the opposite um, experience. Sorry, Marielle. Um, because, most of, because most of the teams are on furlough, the people that are um, in role who are you know, responsible for the department or making the decisions or actually making the decisions, um, a lot of them um, are just taking you know, my advice and saying, okay, yes or no. Um, actually, across the organization, I think the um, consensus has been that a lot of decisions are making, being made a lot faster um, people are just taking ownership and going with it just because I'm, I'm guessing it's just because of the situation, but um, I'm actually not finding the challenges. I should think this is a lot easier, to be honest. Well, that's great. <laughs> and I'm not Good saying I know that's great for you, but I think um, the teams on my area, we kind of had a little problem before this all happened. So that might also be part of it. Hmm. I know that we have been finding and not just in, in color, but in different areas of, of, of the business, um, uh, the ability to make better decisions, quicker decisions without spin, because the key people are coming to the team's meetings and, and they're involved and, and those decisions are being made with a little less emotion at times, depending um, ju- just because of the nature of what everyone's going through. They need to make the decisions. There's no time. Um, to to spin or to do another meeting, right? Uh-huh. Um, so so I, I see that there there have been definite wins within within our organization um, on this work from home. They're definitely making sure that the key decision makers are involved in these meetings, and and so that's that's a win. You know, it's not perfect, nothing is, but um, but there have been some some wins um, and and some opportunities as well, but. 
Yeah, I've kind of had a, a mix of the two. It is easier now having just a few key players, but in the same sense, we were used to if mixed media. If there, you know, mainly it's the elevated issues of a bulk that is far off standard and making sure all the components match up. We we're used to being able to come together with the merch team and the design team and the light box, look at it, make a business decision of of how we're going to be able to move forward. And it's it's more difficult now to be able to get those people together and you know use just pictures and our, our overseas team's responses to make that decision so that physical part that we're used to kind of being able to come together has been a challenge but you know it's the same thing with just a few key people now that we we do make decisions much quicker we don't have to wait to get this right person in there's only one person there so we we go forward Interesting. Ken, care to comment on that or? Uh, totally different workflow for me, right? Uh, the biggest challenge for me is being able to get in touch with our customers who in many cases are furloughed or work, when they're working from home, relying on email. It's very difficult to get in touch with people to know how we can help. And um, so for me, that the biggest struggle with working from home is I'm accustomed to being on the phone regularly with customers or be tra being traveling. So it can be an adjustment to be sitting here waiting for something to happen. Right, right. So I'm, 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 I'm pleasantly surprised, but what I'm hearing, what I think I'm hearing is that um, things are going a little bit more smoothly than, than I thought you guys would report. So um, and so my next question, which I was really curious about, and I think it, it might be a moot question, is that is, is color suffering from this? Is color quality suffering from this? And what I'm hearing basically is an overwhelming no, it's not suffering. But if you think it, yes, just give me a, give me a sign and, and let's talk about it. Okay. Well, what, I, what I have to say is we're certainly not on a current workflow. We are doing a lot less we, you know, we're, we're down staff or down. So right now, you know, we're just dealing with really key decisions and, and we're getting those pushed through quickly, but we're certainly not on the current amount of work that we would normally be doing at this time. So I don't know if that's the same for you, but it's a little simpler, but we don't have nearly as much on our plate. So if we had a lot more on our plate that we normally would at this time, I don't think we'd be able to function the way that we are with, with our, our small teams. Yeah. Makes sense. Dory. Yeah, I would, I would agree with Kim on that. Um, my entire team was furloughed. So that's, you know, eight brands of colorists that are, that's now just me. Um, so, you know, I'm definitely, I can, you know, review submits and look at bulk, but um, we haven't really begun a new season yet of development. So, um, you know, I'm hopeful that things are going to run as smoothly as they have. But, um, you know, who knows how the, the rest of the team is working, you know, up, you know, in the initial uh, initial phases. But, um, you know, I think time will tell. But, you know, on the other hand, it might just be that we don't have time to make the decisions because we are moving closer to the in-store date than we had in previous seasons. Um, and so that things might actually be really smooth because we just need to get things approved and get them pushed through. Um, but we, you know, thing, things are very, things aren't a regular season right now. So, yeah. Dory, just a yeah. question then. Uh, you mentioned that you're sort of in the middle of a season. And you haven't started a new season, don't you? Wouldn't you expect that starting a new season is going to be a significantly different challenge than just trying to keep things moving forward with work already in progress? Because now you are relying upon the entry point to that funnel for all these colors and styles that generally have been selected by groups of people in an office. Am I right on that? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It was, you know, color by committee before. Um, luckily, right before we closed down the office in um, New York and Ohio, um, we had started the color development um, phase at the very, very beginning of the, of the next season. Um, those were all landed. So we're actually sort of like ahead of the curve when we do start to do development for that season. Um, 
whether, I mean, that was obviously, you know, a hundred years ago in our, in our world now. And um, obviously the customer has changed the products that are selling have changed. So those colors might be different also. So, you know, I'm very curious to see how it, you know, all, all works. Um, yeah. Unknown. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that was one of my questions is how is seasonality going to change? And what you're talking about now is just the, you know, the here and now and what's going to be next. I'm also wondering what, um, will there be a different philosophy about seasonality? Like, will there still be, you know, 10, eight to 10 drops in a season or will it be a little different? Um, there seemed to be a movement towards a lot of different, um, you know, the changes in its seasonality rather than the old five seasons that we used to know. Do you do you perceive uh, any changes to that? Me? I'll say a little bit. Um, <laughs> I, I definitely think we've learned there, you know, and we have been actually working on a much narrower calendar, right, as we were going into, into this. So that's helped with some advantages. But um, working closer to calendar, you know, we're working with a lot of inventory right now. And I think that's why there's been some slow on moving into new seasons because we have a lot of inventory, you know, because of this, this whole situation. And so I know with us, we really want to work on, on getting closer to, you know, seasons as, as we work so that we don't, we're not sitting on a bunch of things and, and we're closer to the market. So, you know, that's, that's been a strategy with us. So, you know, digital really comes into play with us as we're trying to work with speed with our partners and, you know, gone on are the days with us where we have somebody send some, a lab dip just for the credit of sending a lab dip because we don't have the time for that. We need somebody to send things when they're at the point that they really truly believe that they're approvable and, you know, with digital, we've been doing, you know, with all of our partners, not everybody is fully set up whether having the correct equipment or the staff. So we've been working with each of our partners to try to, you know, see what we can do of, um, you know, empower a credit depending on what people's setups are so that we can be as efficient as possible. But, you know, I've had several meetings with our vendors where they'll say, oh, well, we created this lab dip, so we wanted to send it because we did the work. And we said, we don't want to see it anymore. We want you to get to something where, you know, we can we can have speed so we can get on tighter calendars and know that this color development process is not going to take as long as it used to because everybody is empowered to get this done as accurately and as quickly as possible. So that's that's where we are right now. Ariel? I also think that this is going to improve our seasonal color palettes as well. Instead of reinventing colors each season, we're going to have to adapt and try to use as much as what we already have in our current library instead of creating five new greens for the upcoming season. We were lucky enough that we finished our development for our last season right before we were sent home. And our next season development doesn't begin until June, mid-June. Um, it was kind of pushed out because of this. And I think now um, the designers are going to start working with our resources that we have instead of, you know, I really don't like that olive because it's a little bit too blue than what we have and go, okay, this olive will work because we really don't have time or the resources to be developing new colors as our suppliers are still closed. They might have, they might not have enough uh, personnel to do all this color matching in two days. It might take 10 days, five days. So I think that, um, for the seasonal palettes, I think that's going to see a change also, at least for us. And maybe for the better, you know, you use what you have, you get a right. palette, you get a palette out quicker. And vendors might already have these colors, so they don't have to even wait to get um, these physical swatches in. And they can just start working from electronic files that they might have already received. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Catherine? 
we're um, in a slightly different position than the new Marielle. Um, we we have a, a robust library of, of about ten thousand colors that have been engineered. So so we're not developing. That's that's we don't allow any development unless it's super critical. And I think right now we have one team who has been so brilliant over the past three years. Not one color developed. Not one. Um, another brand has had to, uh, just because of certain um, changes in, in, in their color direction, they've had to develop a, a handful, like maybe three tops um, for the past two years. But, but we, 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 we force them down that pathway, and, and no longer is it forcing them. They're, they're actually quite um, happy to use the, the, the library. So we don't have that. It's just them building the palette. Now, if I look at where we are in our calendars, they're all they're they're both both brands are really good with where they are for their seasonal palette. If we end up working from home once it crosses into summer fall, um, <laughs> then then no one has the library at home, not a physical library. They can't. So then we would be in a big pickle at the upfront point. How do we manage that? And, and we haven't quite cross that bridge yet we like to believe that we'll be back um in in some sort of staggered way into the office so that they can work with the library um to palette build but but yeah um so if y'all can eliminate that from your your <laughs> workflow if if the brand can say no more developing then that helps y'all a great deal um at the front yeah we eliminated the custom dyeing part of it <laughs> Good. Okay, good. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. So the same with us. So we yeah. learned it's to Dory, not put all start? our sorry. Sorry, Kim, please. So we've learned to not put all our eggs in one basket. So we basically utilize all of the color companies. We work with Pantone okay. or from a CSI. We work with everyone. And we found through having all of those options and cross matching against everything, we have had I think five um, custom developed colors in the past four years. Perfect. So, yeah. you know, we, we've been doing that and trying, we've also been trying to have our team, our company come together as one. So men's and, and something that we didn't used to do as much where men's and women's and children's are all collaborating together. So they might be in certain opportunities using the same, you know, colors so that it just works better with our mills. We don't have to, especially yeah. with core, um, we do that a lot. So yeah, and using and not, you know, working specifically with one color supplier and having those certified color standards, we've, we found it to be very effective because now in this situation, you know, all of our suppliers are still able to provide standards. So yes. if they need yes. to send it to someone's home or send it overseas, we have all the QTX files, everything we need. So we haven't, um, been handicapped by that. So that's, yeah. that's been very successful on our end. Dory, did you want to come in or no? No, I think I had an itch. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, very good. Um, so I, I've heard a few people mention this, and the, the question is really, it just could be a quick answer, is what, what, what will you keep from this? What will be the best, a best practice that you'll keep? I remember 2008 um, financial crisis everything changed and um and a lot of those changes carried carried through what do you think would be the the one change or one or a couple changes that you uh foresee coming out of this as a best practice or more efficient I know for us, it's going to be digital color approval. We were already going in that direction, but this has really been more of a push. We had done a lot of exercises because with our teams, you know, it's that balance of having the power to make decisions and feeling like they have that control. So we did a lot of exercises to show them, you know, digital versus visual on how digital actually tends to be a lot more precise than their visual approvals. So, um, you know, we were already positioning ourselves there in a lot of ways, but I think this is going to push us even further in that direction. Sure. 
Um, yeah, I would have, sorry if you hear noises, my dog. Um, I would have to agree with Kim, definitely uh, more, um, more digital approvals, um, and reliance on it. And then, you know, definitely the, um, the fact that all the colorists don't know, need to be in their office, in, in office, that things can be done from home. Um, whereas before, you know, like I said, we always, I always thought like I always had to go to New York every day. I think I think there's going to be a greater um, understanding that not all of us need to be in the office physically every day. I know I, I would agree with that, Dory. Um, I know that our leadership has has taken away um, discussions surrounding how do we keep this going because it, it clearly has proven mm -hmm. that it can work. And, and what will that scenario look like? I mean, we, we know that not everyone's going back to the office um, on, on a certain date and that, that things will probably be staggered on some sort of rotational, you know, um, time frame with half the people back in the office or half of them working from home. And, and I think that's a win for everyone because it's a discovery that, you know what, you don't have to be attached in the office all the time. You don't have to be there. It, it can be done um, virtually and, and, and from home. Um, so, so I think that'll be part of it. I hope new technologies come out of this for within our company that we're able to promote. Um, and, and more on that, there's a cost, you know, implication to that too. But Yeah, I was also going to add to the technology piece. Um, it's definitely highlighted the fact that we have lack of systems yeah. and, and the fact that I don't know if the systems, sorry, Ken, if the systems are actually out there that would really serve us the best right now. Like I would love a technology where I could receive all the submits to my cell phone and I can look at my, you know, lab dips as I'm watching Bravo and decide what I want to see another round on or what I want to approve. Okay. Um, and those, that doesn't exist yet. The other thing that I think that this has highlighted for us is um, our vendors, the ones that are, you know, good quality. We know we can depend on their readings and the, the colors comments that we receive. Um, so I think, you know, from a vendor perspective, we're going to see, you know, the cream rise to the top kind of, um, so to say, um, and, and the ones that, you know, are better performers for us, definitely from a color perspective. Apologies. Let me just um, go to yeah, I, I think what's interesting is is that once this is all done, there will be questions that are in the minds of some who have been accustomed to looking at samples visually as to whether or not the process really worked. And that's always been a challenge is to is to look at procedurally how does the original inspiration make its way through this process to finally a product that's, that's in the store, and is there any sort of agreement? And so I think one of the ways that you can um, support that this process of digital color is effective is by saying, let's look at the final products and compare them to the original inspiration, original uh, standard, mm -hmm. the engineered standard, and see how good a job we did. And then compare that to the former processes that had a lot of visual input. And I think what there may be some surprised um, um, people who say, wow, this digital process, at the end of the day, where it really matters, which is the product the customer's purchasing, this digital process gave me a product that was as good color-wise as those products that were produced when we had all this visual intervention. Because I think someone mentioned that the visual intervention process is very subjective. You get five people and you try to decide on a committee what works. You've got five different opinions. And at the end of the day, the, the decision made from those five people may not be any better than the decision made by one person looking at looking at the numbers. Mario. Yeah, I think for us, it's really going to push my digital agenda even further because they're very resistant. So for the last 12 years, that's all I've worked on. <laughs> um, we actually have made some progress in the last year and a half with it. And I think those teams that were hesitant to get on board will now see how resourceful this is, how great it is, where we don't have to have a committee to approve a lab dip. We don't have to have, you know, three people's opinion all the time on what you're approving. Or I want to see this thread. I want to see this button. There's no need for it. 
Um, and I think this is going to be great. At least color-wise, this is pushing us in the right direction. Yep, interesting. Thanks, guys. Um, so I, I, I just have the, one thing to... Sure, Kim. Yeah, I'm just going to say, I also have found that digital seems to be a good way to get the easy wins out of the way so that our company can really put focus on the challenges. So, you know, there's always going to be things that we can't fully approve digitally, neon colors, we have outerwear with saturation issues, those type of things. And sometimes we get so bogged down with all of this work that some of these things can slip through the cracks a little easier. So if we can get, you know, the easy wins all out of the way so they're working like clockwork, then we can go in and really focus on the challenges in the business and put more attention where need be so we you know, can get as close as possible and really work with our partners to make sure you know, they're doing the best they can possibly do. So we found that has been you know, really helpful for us too, even for things that digital can't do. It helps us to be able to focus um, where we need to. Yeah. Catherine. Really quickly, I'm I'm with you, Kim. Um, our company could not fully go digital because of the the nature of our fabrics. You have shine, you've got mesh, you have laces, and 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 so at that back end, we are still focused on the visual. But but to your point, where there are easy wins, you want to take them up digitally. Um, and definitely at the front end to support design in some way. Um, yeah. My last question is, um, I'm very interested to see what comes out of this um, in regards to sustainability. Uh, is fast fashion, which seemed to be a lot of pressure on fast fashion um, before uh, the virus happened, uh, will, that, will that stay with us? Will, there, will we go back to more um, regular seasons, as we were talking about before, but will there be less of a push um, for fast fashion? And when I think of fast fashion, I, I think of a fashion that is um, so, somewhat ephemeral. It, it, it stays for a few weeks and, and then it goes. Um, will there be any pressure toward goods that last longer, uh, that have more quality, more... Um, more of a classic kind of uh, quality that could last for a long time. I think of like uh, uh, stores, companies like Patagonia that are really emphasizing uh, goods that last for a long time and they'll repair them if needed. Um, we'll, we'll, do you see any kind of changes like that happening in the retail world? I mean, I feel like right now, immediately, there's been this halt with the fast fashion. Nothing's getting produced. And then even everyone ramping back up um, in the future, I, I, it, it, might, it might be less so. I would kind of hope it would be less fast fashion um, and, and more focus on quality and sustainability. I know within our organization, there is, is a huge push and discussion and, and forward movement with sustainable um, fabrics and, and an approach to sustainability. Um, in, in specific areas, which is which is really encouraging, but um, I would I would hope that fast fashion uh, takes a step back or a step down, only from the perspective of saving this earth and and you know it 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 just it I don't know I'm that that would be my hope um, or some sort of balance in between. Yeah, I agree with that. Our company, I mean, and, and finding realistic ways to be sustainable. We've been working with better cotton and different things where, you know, it, it's always a challenge because to go fully organic, a lot of times the customers <laughs> won't um, respond to the cost of that. So trying to find ways to be as sustainable as possible and the price points that we're working with, um, our company has put a lot of focus on that. And, and I'm very proud of a lot of work that they've done in that direction. I was just looking on the Facebook uh, page. There were some questions here, but I'll answer them um, uh, directly. 
Um, but Marielle, there was a question here from Rachel Bennett um, asking, are you getting designers to sign off on color over a Skype call? Well, we use WebEx. And <laughs> that's how we've been doing it. But like I said before, we did 95% of our approval was done before we were sent home, where we started working from home. And what I've actually done is I've done, I've had, I had some readings of items that we might have not approved. So what I did is I matched them digitally. I sent them to our suppliers, you know, our Chroma, whomever. I sent them the digital files. And what I did is I just sent those matches physically to our design head, taking into consideration that they don't have a light box, but I gave them my comments and they went with it. You know, we, I didn't send them 15 matches for one color. I sent them what I thought were the best based on my digital review. And, you know, and we got it done. It was only a handful of colors. Let's see what the new season brings when you have to create the entire palette this way. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Good. Any, any comments, any questions from you guys? You're an excellent panel. I really appreciate all the answers and the thought that you've given them. So uh, thank you very much for uh, being a participant. I appreciate it. And to the general uh, public listening, I, I hope that you got something out of this. I, I did for sure. I learned more. Uh, it was very elucidating. So um, if there's anything that we could do for you or if I could do for you, mcolewoodcombiaomni.com. Um, we really, we're here to help. And um, again, really appreciate everybody's time. And uh, thank you so much. Okay. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks. Thank you all. Thank yeah. you. It's nice really lovely everybody. joining and coming together. <laughs> I know. Good to see everybody. I know. Nice to see faces. Since we can't see each other at any conferences. <laughs> no, yeah, no. But it was good seeing y'all. Bye. Okay. And talking. Well. Bye. 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 Thank you, Mitch. Thank Bye. You. Thanks, Thank you. Mitch. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.